You're listening to Real Talk for Real Men, episode number 37. Welcome to the Real Talk for Real Men podcast. Lifestyle advice for men so powerful, you'll want to run your life on it. And now your hosts, Guy Mullen and Chris Field. Okay, and welcome back to another episode of Real Talk for Real Men. I'm Guy Mullen and... I'm Chris Field. Great to be back with you again. It is good to be back. And today we're talking about having a go. Have a go. Have a go. And while we have the privilege of having uh, Clive, my dad, still with us in, in Melbourne, we wanted to record something for you guys about the whole process of having a go, what it takes to get your head and heart around the challenge of making things different to the way they were before. So what do we think this podcast is necessary, Chris? Well, I think our difficulty today is that we are spoiled rotten. Hmm. Uh, we can go down to the supermarket and buy whatever we want. Uh, we don't have to go to the supermarket. We can do it on, we'll do do it online. online. Yeah, sorry. It gets, gets delivered to your door no, and they bring it to you and they bring it inside. Sorry that. I'm an old timer. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't do any of my Christmas shopping at the shops. It all got delivered. Fair dinkum. Fair dinkum. Goodness me. And by the way, for our American listeners, fair dinkum means, is that the truth? Okay, sorry. I have to translate here as we work through this. Um, the issue then I think for a lot of people is that that they end up operating in a kind of a dreamland mm. they've got um, a wish list of things that they want to do and just the 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 inertia to even just step up out of the lounge chair and go and do anything at all uh, is is really compelling and so we need to recapture the spirit of yesteryear maybe the spirit of the pioneering days where where people knew that if they if they didn't get up and do something it wouldn't happen because that's still true today Things don't happen if you don't get up and do something. Mm. So this touches into an earlier podcast where we talked about vision. Because unless you've got a vision for actually achieving something, then you've got no motivation to get up and actually change what you're doing and to get up out of that chair. So unless you've got a vision for something, what's the point in putting down the remote? Because you might as well just veg out and, and enjoy filling yourself with a entertainment change, change the channel and watch another game space space your brain out uh, until you've got to get up and go to work the next day so so first of all you've got to have a vision for for what you want to do and we we're talking about this before as one of my favorite movies is red river and uh, maybe those of you listening know this one it was that's a howard hawks directed film starring john wayne montgomery clift um harry carey jr and uh, a and senior, I think, and a few others, and it's a talking like a nineteen fifties movie or something. Yeah, it's black and white. It would be it'd be before fifties, I think. But anyway, so the story goes that there's a wagon train. They're heading from somewhere back east across to California, and John Wayne has joined it part way along. And as they're going through the top part of Texas, he looks around and he looks at the country and he, he decides he's going to leave the wagon train. The rest of the wagon train is not happy because they need his gun. They need his, They want him to stay together to fight off the Indians. But he decides, no, this is where I'm going to leave. And he's got a vision for, for with one bull and one calf for feeding the nation with beef and uh, starting a huge big ranch. And he, he goes over the Red River and down to the Rio Grande and, and, and sits up, looks at the country and says, this is where we're, where we're going to grow beef. And in 10, 12 years, we're going to have the biggest herd anybody's ever seen. And it stretches across the 14 or 15 years is where it sort of cuts back in. And uh, he's grown 10,000 head of cattle, but it's the end of the, end of the Civil War and there's no market for beef in, in Texas. And so he has to decide to, to drive the cattle 1,000 miles to Missouri, which nobody has ever done. And so it's, it's a, sort of based on the, the story of the, the foundation of the Chisholm, the Chisholm Trail through from Texas to Missouri to, through the railroad, ra- railroad to get the beef to, to market. And anyway, so the point is that there's, there's got to be a vision. He's got a vision for something. He's not just going along, staying in the nice safe in the cattle, 
in the the wagon train and going on to California, but a vision for starting this cattle, the cattle the cattle ranch, which require, which then means that he has then got some sort of motivation to to change what he's doing and to get up and go and try something and do something hard, which is which which he knows is going to have a cost, but the vision in his mind is worth the cost. And so when we're talking about getting up and going, we've got to talk first of all about about vision. So let's cut over to to Clive. So Clive, when we're talking about get up and go, what did you have a vision for that you got up and went towards? I came out of school at the end of World War Two, mm-hmm. and there was so much happening, and and I I had a vision to be a builder, mm-hmm. and so the driving force in me was to get somewhere, to get someone, well, to take me on, to train me so that I can make that that transition from from being a schoolboy into a working man with a trade. And so why did you want to be a working man with a trade? Can we take that to the next level up? What was the what were you going to get if you became a builder? Well if I became a builder, first first and foremost I'd have a trade where I'd be assured of always, of ever having work and uh, I even had had visions that I might even develop enough to be eventually become an architect where I would design these things and I'd move up the scale hmm. and it was not sort of a high-minded thing but rather to advance myself in life. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, your background, as you've talked to us before, was of a dad who didn't support you, you didn't really relate well to him, so you didn't get any motivation out of him. No, no. Fortunately, I... My mother, from a very early age, was a very sick woman, but but she always encouraged me, and uh, it was her that really got me my first opening by speaking to a, an assurance man and said, "I have my boy wants to be a builder," and uh, he put me, gave me the name of a, a joinery works that were looking for a, an apprentice, and uh, I, I, contrary to my father's wishes. Uh, I went and and uh, took that uh, job and uh, was given a, an apprenticeship. So how nerve-wracking was that for you? Did you feel like you were way out of your comfort zone? Initially, yes. Initially, mm. because I'd lived in a very small circle of information uh, in, in my own home, as I, say, I said earlier, my father, he, he focused his life on, on the opinion of the men that he worked with, which was a very narrow circle. And it wasn't till I really got out into the workforce where suddenly uh, my, my world of information enlarged greatly. You know, let me take you back and say, uh, when I left school, uh, I was a great reader, but it's, it's, uh, I could not read at night in my father's house. You, you didn't need light to listen to the wireless or whatever, so, and, the, and the light cost electric, electricity, cost money, so until I left home... I, I, every, we always sat in the dark, and, and so I was hungry for information. And once I broke free from my home situation, I, I began to feed that hunger. Mm. And you found your feet fairly quickly. Yes, yes. And, and uh, I, I don't know how. I, should I rephrase that and say, my? I'm, I'm speaking, of course, from from a generation 
that came uh, that uh, that uh, went into the workforce at the end of World War Two. That's a long time ago, and things have changed incredibly since then. And uh, so back then, you seized your opportunity. You, you grabbed it with the opening that was made for you. You grabbed it both hands and went for it with all you had. Hmm. And and I sadly, uh, uh, I, some of the young people I know today around me do not have that kind of impetus to. They, when I, I, I'm surprised sometimes within the context of <clears throat> church life, I'll say to people, "What's your a young person? What's your aim? What would you like to be?" Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Well. At, at that age, at the age of most of those young people, most of my generation knew. But yeah. All we wanted was the opportunity. We, we knew what we wanted. Yeah, it was an interesting generation. I mean, you were, uh, you've mentioned before that you were born during the Depression. Yeah. And so there was nothing, nothing handed to you on a plate. Everything, everything you had, growing up, you, your parents, and then you as you grew older. I imagine you had to. You had to fight for it. You had to. Yeah. You had to compete for. You had to scrimp and save. You had to work hard mm. for everything that uh, everything you had, and so yeah. that created something in you, which then flowed on. I imagine to when you left school and decided to to make something of yourself. Yeah. Well, it's very hard to to convey this uh, how you felt to, to to today's generation. But I mean, my big thing when I, I went to work uh, was. I got got my own push bike. I paid off for two and six months a week, mm. and and things like that. And when I got that bike, suddenly my my world had enlarged mm. just by only a push bike. Mm. And so that that's the generation I came from. Uh, today, that's a car, you know. Today's generation, mm. and and um, you know we don't want to harp on about oh yeah how hard hard it was in the old days and how privileged kids are today, and, and make it sound like the. Those, those days, those days yeah. back there were all romantic. There was nothing yeah. wrong, yeah. but uh, but the but the reality is that there is the opportunity that we have today. It's just incredible compared to just a short time ago, mm. you know, seventy well, odd years we ago. We are spoiled for choice, and people still can't choose. Mm. Yeah, we we have opportunities laid out on mm. a platter, and people sniff it. Well, there's a marketing saying that um, a confused mind never buys, mm. and so what that that so when you're trying to sell something to somebody, you don't want to give someone too many choices because they can't make up their mind. Mm. It's great. Everybody loves to have choices, mm. but at the end, <laughs> the most common choice mm. is, "Oh, it's too hard. I'll mm. I'll make a choice another day." Mm. So, yeah, uh, the same applies to this. If we've got so many choices of all the different universities yeah. we go, I was counting up the number of universities in Melbourne. And um, there was more than the whole of whole of New Zealand where I come from, quite a lot more. And you know, there are so many choices that we have. And it's incredible. Now I'm interested in tracking this along because we're talking about having a go, mm. giving it a go, getting up your backside. Yes. And so you had a certain logical motivation getting out of school to get your start. Yeah. But you could have pulled your head in and spent the whole of your life standing on one machine, just working for one employer. Yes. But that didn't happen. You kept moving forward. In fact, yeah. you kept pushing yourself. Uh, you tell the story of being taken by your father-in-law way out to the middle of New South Wales, oh. a pretty isolated place. And what they, they actually asked you to build a house. You take the full responsibility. And the only drawing you had was, what was it, a sketch? A sketch on the yeah, part of a cutout from a water tank, yes. So people had the lid of an old rusty water tank 
and with a with a pencil or something, they drew the shape of the house they wanted, mm. and that's all you had to mm. actually. How did you feel taking on a challenge like that? Oh, I feel good. That was you know, yeah, I, I yeah, yeah. Well, as a young man, yes, I, I I guess I wanted to prove to myself that I could do it. Mm. I had I had the training as a matter of putting it into practice, and I wanted to prove that I could do it. So. Mm. And uh, so, so I, well, that would have been rewarding. Yeah. But then I was, I was newly married as a young man and I had a, a wife and a family and I, I wanted to advance so that for their sake, you know. So really the second, the first motivation is to get yourself started. Yeah. The second motivation is now wife and kids. And I think for a lot of people, they do a lot of maturing once they've got a wife yeah. and a couple of kids because they've got to take yeah. on that extra responsibility, yeah. push a bit harder, try and meet the needs. And that motivated you? Uh, yes, it most certainly did. So how many times did you get it wrong? How many times did you venture out into something and you look back and think, oh, I was better off never even starting that? Or have you managed to hit runs uh, most of the time? Well, no. Later on in years, when I was, before I was became a Christian, I was contracting, uh, I, I made odd boo-boos, you know. But uh, basically, you just, okay, learn from that, get on, you know. The, the, the impetus was always... To get somewhere, you know, no good wallowing. What what something happened? You know, dust yourself up and get on. I mean, that was that was my generation. Hmm. And I think you told me that you've actually had a couple of customers that you built houses for, and you didn't even get enough money to pay for the cost of your materials and stuff. So you've had some some bad runs along the way. Yes, yeah. Well, because that's that that that's that's part of the 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 risk you take when you when you're self-employed. And you're the contractor, you, and uh, you're you're the end of the line. If something goes wrong, you <coughs> you carry it all. So, but that's 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 life, I think, in in any any uh, kind of contracting business. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to switch the weight onto another foot altogether here. Mm. In your roles over the years, you actually heading up denominations and supervising large numbers of churches. You've had young men or even older men and women that you've seen and felt they should be stepping out and maybe going into a pioneering situation or taking over a church. Mm. And you've had to get them over the, out of their comfort zone. Yes. How hard is that? Well, that, that's, uh, that hasn't always been successful. Any, any number of young men with great potential, uh, when you brought them and faced them with an issue and said, right, oh, we need you to pray about this. I, I believe this is... An opening where you could uh, move into, and it, it, it would give your life's fulfilment, advancement, and then the, the afterwards find they retreated back. So I know I'm 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 not ready, kind of thing. Uh, yeah, that that that's that's been a surprise to me in my generation because if I'd have been that young person given that opportunity, I'd jumped, you know. Mm. And uh, so, uh, so you think it's a generational shift? They've got more opportunities now. I, well, it would, it would, yes, it would appear to me that, uh, yeah, today, yeah, young people have so many choices, and and the problem is, like I said earlier, I knew what I wanted to be. And I, I've said to young people, wherever I go, I meet people, and I eventually sit down and talk to a family, or there's young people around. I always ask, so, you know, how you going? What's good? How you going to school? What, what's what's your aim? What would you like to be? You know, I mean, I've, I've got I've got uh, three granddaughters in in. Uh, Toowoomba, and uh, got a girl there that's thirteen, and uh, I say to 
Melissa, what do you see your future? Well, granddad, I'm, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and I'm going to... Yeah. I have to, other kids come visiting, friends of hers, and I say, what are you going to do? Oh, I haven't got a clue, you know. And so... Uh, well, that comes back to what Guy's saying, that the clearer the vision, the more likely you are to succeed and actually make progress, you know. So Melissa, by the sound of things, is going to really hit the nail because she knows what she wants. Oh, yes, yeah, she... she she wants to design robots and things. She's got the capacity to do it, you know. And uh, her, her friends, her her peers, you know, that she mixes with, they're, they're still not sure what they want to do, you know. Yeah, I mean, that can come at different at different stages. There are some people that get a vision for what they want to do with their life very early on. I know with looking at through my kids, there are some who have um, got an idea of what they want to do very young, and there are others who... You know, they get to their late teenage years, and they're, they're still trying to work that out. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's it's different. It's different for everybody. But there there is a there is a process that you can go through if you're lacking in vision to to work through. Yeah. Firstly, what your strengths are, yeah. and secondly, what your interests yeah. are, and thirdly, what your values are, yeah. and and importantly, also you know, seeking seeking God, seeking yeah. Jesus, and seeing what what He's saying about your next step. And He doesn't always unfold. He very rarely does he unfold your your whole life in front of you and, and map it all out yeah. because then we wouldn't have to live by faith but um, he does often give us a glimpse of what our future is and what we're heading towards and so yeah. that vision is I wouldn't get upset if, if people listening haven't quite got that vision yet it, it can take some time yeah. but it's certainly something to aim for it's yeah. worth working yeah. it's worth working for because it's the vision that motivates you yeah. to get out of that comfort zone because you realizing your dreams never happens in your comfort zone mm-hmm. and yeah. for you to get out of your comfort zone you've got to, it it'll cost you something yeah it'll cost you something and and so you've got to have yeah. the expectation yeah. that what you are going to achieve down the line, what you're going to get down the it's line, the is going to be worth the cost. Yeah. yeah. And there is a point where vision just denigrates into hard work. Yeah. It's all nice having these great dreams about what you want to be, great dreams about building a house and becoming a great builder. But when you're out in that 40 degree heat, yeah. Clive, that you and you're out building and you you know and, and you're you're wondering, and you, you know you're wondering when you're going to get paid, whether these people are going to pay the bills. You're at 40 degrees, and it just denigrates into hard work. What's 40 degrees in real numbers for our American? Uh, it's about 110. There you go. 107. Yeah. Yeah. 105, something like that. Yeah. I, I realise, you know, it, that one size doesn't fit all. Because yeah. of, I'm just saying, what I said, but, but my interest has always been to find what kids would do, hmm. and and uh, I, I take an example of our own boys. See, my, my, my wife uh, fully believed that all of our boys should be university graduates, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I would talk to them and, and say, what do you think? I remember the time Chris came to me and said, I, Dad, I, I don't think I'm wasting my time at uni. You know, an arts course, weren't you? And, and, you, and we talked about that. And, and, and uh, there's a bit of a struggle for his mother to sort of let go. But... I found over the years talking to people that if I sit and talk to a young person long enough and and then just sort of pride them a little bit, you know, they'll start and throw out some some things that maybe, yeah, maybe mm. I could do. And, 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 and you, a thought process, you mm. know. Other, other kids, the thought process, is not everybody has, a, has to have a... a at 15 or 14 or 12 even, has to be able to say, oh, I'm going to be this, that or the other. Mm-hmm. I realise that, but uh, it would seem to me 
that in, in we're looking at today's society, I, I don't live where I... I'm not back in that generation now. I'm living in the generation I'm here mm. and observing and trying to assess things. And I find that that uh, sometimes because uh, there's so many uh, distractions for our young people today, that if you sit long enough and talk to a young person, even they haven't got a clue where they're going to go, spend long enough talk to them, they'll begin to sort of come up with some ideas of things that may work in their life. Mm. And I wonder how many have never get anywhere because no one took the time to just sort of try and draw it out yeah. of them, yeah. Ask them some challenging questions yeah. and yeah. grow a bit of self-awareness yeah. about your your values and your strengths. And yeah. Well, we're talking really about giving it a go, have a go. And I think what we're picking up in this conversation, uh, intergenerational conversation, is that things have changed and not actually for the better in terms of people being bold to have a go and to accomplish something. Mm. And, and I want to challenge our listeners that that you're probably living in a fairly... Well, maybe some people aren't, but some of you, most of you maybe, are living in a fairly comfortable world and that that's going to lull you into a certain state that is not going to lead you to the productivity of breaking mm. through. And so what Guy's talking about, about uh, getting a vision, stepping out of that comfort zone, even though you don't need to do it in, in the practical realities of our spoiled Western world, it's really something that our culture is missing and lacking. Yeah, and really it comes down to when you look back on your life, do you just want to have gone through and, and, and plotted through it and played safe and just have forgotten about your dreams and, and, and never chased them? Or would you rather have at least tried to chase those dreams and maybe not got all of the way there. Maybe you did. Maybe you didn't. But have have at least have at least tried. So you know, it's. I think it's a, a part of looking forward. Maybe that's not so much what you did. Maybe it was because a little bit more of your history, Clive, and where you came from with yeah. the depression and the war and and so on. There was there was just that. It was just the, that inbuilt strength and determination just to to make a better life for yourself than what your parents before you had. I know my parents had that and they, they were determined to do whatever they took to get my sister and me through university because because mm. that was the pedestal, that was the gateway to a, to achievement to a better life than what they had was getting to university. It's not that way anymore mm. and university isn't that pathway. It's you know there's a, there's a lot more options and it's not necessarily the the same as what it was, but but we as parents, we also want our our kids to to have a platform for them to move on and to mm. chase their dreams, and we want to chase our dreams. Yeah. And yeah, to do that, we've got to we've got to decide. Right, this is going to yeah. be the year mm. that I'm going to step out of my comfort zone. I'm not going to play yeah. it safe anymore. I'm going to take some risks, yeah. and I might trip up and I might fall down, but yeah. I'm going to I'm going to do it. Yeah. I'm going to go for it. Yeah. One thing I have observed with, over the years, and that is how many of our our Asian families, how many of those young people have succeeded in because there's a, such a, an encouragement or I suppose sort of push really for the parents, for the children to rise up and make maximise life, you know. And we see so many Asian people and, and by comparison, the far greater number than Europeans who, who push through and, and uh, the children are encouraged to to, uh, I guess in many cases there's, there's pressure on them but you see some of these young uh, Asian people rising up and you know, fulfilling roles and you meet so many of them uh, that uh, 
have got great qualifications early in life, you know. And uh, so that 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 just sort of is amusing over that. Is, I think yeah, it's a it's a shame that, that we sometimes we European people don't have that same kind of impetus to 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 get ahead like which we're talking about having a go, you know. We're uh, well. Let's take an eighty-six-year-old perspective on all of this. Yeah. Um, are you sorry you had a go? Goodness grief, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And so you've had to you've had to have multiple goes over the years. You've changed course. You've had to try new things, oh, yeah. and and all of that's what's made you what you are. I guess that's true of life. Yes, yeah. So, friends, that's the life testimony for you. You've got to have a go. Have a go. And this is a new year to do it in. So make two thousand eighteen the year you have yeah. a go. Yeah. And if you're not sure how to do it, you guys got these pointers on how to get your goals and vision sorted out. So check the website for that and. Um, Make this a year to make it happen. Well, the, yeah, I mean, one of the things is that we, you know, if we strive off to, to have a go and we just try and do it alone, you know, it's, it's like climbing a mountain. If you're going to climb a big mountain, you don't really want to climb a big mountain alone. So you need somebody, you need someone alongside you to help you climb mm-hmm. some big mountain that's in front of you. So mm-hmm. um, if you, you haven't got anybody around you that uh, can help you to do that, then give us a call. Let us get in touch with us at Real Men 24-7. And uh, we might be able to help you because, you know, that lone soldier, that Robinson Crusoe type of doing it the hard way, it the hard way it's not, it's, it's, it's not a, a good way to go mm. forward. So back in Clive's generation, they maybe didn't have a choice, yeah. but um, you have a choice today. So, well, thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us again, Clive. Chris? Mm, it's been a pleasure to be yeah, on the program. I just appreciate these thoughts. I trust they're valuable to everybody else as well. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's it's so great to just hear the perspective of, of, of someone who has just seen so much over the years and just to remind us of some of the things that we just take for granted. Mm. Anyway, thanks for that. And uh, we'll look forward to catching up to all of our listeners the next time we're on air. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Real Talk for Real Men podcast at www.realmen247.org.